Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be back again with all of our listeners. We're thankful that we have this opportunity, the ability, and the means to teach God's Word over the airways, over the airwaves every day of the week, Monday through Friday. We're thankful that you are listening and that there are so many who tune into this program on a regular basis. We're thankful to have this opportunity, the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis. We encourage you to tell everybody you can about Search the Scriptures. Encourage them to listen. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help them grow in their faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and we teach the Word of God in depth and detail on this program, Search the Scriptures. We try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. Tell people. Tell people to listen. And also encourage people to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and tell them to click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever, this radio program, Search the Scriptures, five days a week. It'll be there automatically. So if they have a schedule conflict sometime along the way and they can't listen, they can't tune in, even though we're on several times a day, they can download it and listen to it at their convenience. Don't have to miss a single program. Now, they'll also receive a great deal more of Bible teaching a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short daily Bible class called Today's Bible Class. A very apt name, isn't it? It's only about 13 minutes or so long each day, but it's seven days a week keeping us in God's Word and thereby, again, helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. Well, tell everybody you can. Also, if you're in the Omaha area, come and visit with us, get to know us, study God's Word with us, grow spiritually with us, worship God with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 930, followed by worship at 1030. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, set aside our busy schedules, come back together at 630 each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. And we do hope to see you and get to know you and let you get to know us soon in person. We're going to get back into our subject matter where we're asking the question that Jesus asked the apostle Peter almost 2,000 years ago. Do you love me more than these? We read the text from John chapter 21 and verse 15. Jesus had already been crucified. He had already been buried in the tomb and he had risen victorious over death. In this particular setting, Jesus had appeared, Jesus appeared to the apostles for the third time since his resurrection. Now, they had been out in a boat, out in, the, out in the water, fishing all night long, but they'd caught nothing. Jesus, and I think we can understand, as the night was 
wearing down and probably the day was either dawning or maybe it had just dawned, then Jesus calls from the shoreline. Now, they don't know that he's there, but he calls from the shoreline, tells them, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Now, they were fishing all night. They had caught nothing. And among those apostles were at least four professional fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. That fishing was their business, literally. But when Jesus said, throw the net, your net on the other side of the boat, they did so. And the net was filled with, such, with large fish and in such abundance and such weight that the apostles could not drag the net into the boat. John, the apostle, he realizes and he makes the statement, it is the Lord. They had not recognized that it was Jesus on the shoreline. He was off at a distance, and again, it had been night, and the day was about to dawn, or maybe had just dawned. They did not realize it was Jesus standing there. But because of what happened with the fish filling the net, after this one on the shoreline said, cast your net on the other side of the boat, John recognized, and he voiced his recognition. It is the Lord. He's the one standing there. He's the one telling us, throw our net on the other side of the boat. Peter, <laughs> impetuous perhaps, he jumped into the water and swam ashore. He left the rest of the apostles to drag the net full of large fish behind the boat as they rowed ashore themselves. When they all got to the shoreline, they found that Jesus had already prepared a meal for them of fish and bread. I've wondered, where did he get that food? Was it perhaps miraculous again, as he had fed the 4,000 and later the 5,000 on two different occasions from just a little bit of food? Well, whatever the answer is to that, he had the meal prepared for them, breakfast. And so they, they were eating. And as they were eating, in verse 15 is John chapter 21 again. Jesus asked this soul-searching question of Peter. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now, Peter responded. I don't know if it was quickly. I could imagine it was probably quickly, but maybe it was a little bit of a halting answer being caught by surprise by the question. But whatever the case, Peter answered in the affirmative. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. And then two more times, I think we're to understand in rapid succession, Jesus asked him again, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. And then the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asked Peter the question, do you love me? I suspect that it must have <laughs> provoked the thought in Peter's mind that he had denied his Lord three times 
in one night, just not very long ago. The night that Jesus was betrayed, the night while Jesus was being run through a series of mock hearings and trials by the Jewish leadership, trying to cover their bases, in their mind at least, so that they could ask for his crucifixion. Yes, that night, just how many days, just a few weeks maybe? We're not told exactly how many days, but it was just not very long before. Peter had denied his Lord three times. And so here, this morning, after eating the breakfast that Jesus had prepared for him, he asks Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked him. And Peter responded in the affirmative every single time. Well, here's the question that I want us to think about. And I'd like for us to think about different possibilities of application. When Jesus said, do you love me more than these? In that first question, the first time he asked the question, what did he mean by these? What was his frame of reference when he used that particular word, do you love me more than these? Now, I think probably... Most all of us, if we read that text, we would think, well, he's probably talking about, do you love me more than your fellow disciples here? They were all gathered there together, eating that breakfast that Jesus had prepared for them, provided for them. Do you love me more than these? Than these, your fellow disciples, apostles? Jesus commanded while he was on this earth during his public ministry and Peter was present when he issued this commandment on the night of his betrayal. In John chapter 13, beginning with verse 34, Jesus told the apostles, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus said, this is a new commandment. Now, it was new in scope. You love one another and by, new by example as I have loved you. He's not talking about loving all mankind here. He's talking about among the apostles, but not just among them. I think we're to understand all of my faithful, dedicated followers. In other words, all who become true Christians, you love one another. How, how should we love each other, Lord, as I have loved you? The next day he's going to be on the cross, giving his life for them, literally. You love one another as I have loved you. And in this way, you can be a great lesson for those who have not yet come to me about true love, about the love that God has for humanity and that I have for humanity, demonstrated in sacrificing my life to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind for all time. Do you love me more than these? We're commanded to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we're also commanded to love beyond just that. 
In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, John the Apostle, years later, he's writing this first of his inspired letters. And by that, I mean God guided him to write this particular letter. Now, by this time, he had probably already written the gospel account according to John. Again, God guiding him to write that. The fourth of the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But here, in John, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then in verses 20 and 21 of that same chapter, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, and I don't think he's talking about biological brother there. I think he's talking about his brother in Christ or sister in Christ. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And then we go back to chapter 3 in verse 18. And here John writing again, he says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, it's easy to speak words with meaning, supposedly, but it's something else to put the meaning within those words into action through the way we conduct ourselves, through the way that we live our lives. So it's easy to tell people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow Christians, I love you. But remember what John wrote there, and again, this is from God. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let's back up that love that we profess by the way we live our lives before and among our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we might say that principle needs to be demonstrated also vividly in the way we live our life before God. How many people would say, I love you, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Jesus. But they live a life that does not bespeak, that does not demonstrate true love for God or their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Talk is cheap, the old saying goes. We need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. We need to put into practice by the way we live our lives, demonstrating that it's not just words, but it is action. It is lifestyle. I love God with all my heart. I love Jesus with all my heart. And Jesus says, you love your brothers and sisters in Christ as I have loved you. And the next day, he died for them. So John says, if we think we can love God without loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, he said, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We must love our brothers and sisters in Christ just as much or just as truthfully as we love God. The two go together. Now, we're to love God first and foremost, 
but we're also to love our neighbor. Jesus instructed this as well while he was upon this earth. In Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 37, Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment in the law? In verse 37, he responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Luke adds, with all your strength. And then Jesus said, this is the first and great commandment. And then he goes on. And he says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So in response to the question, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus answered truthfully and accurately. And in fact, he was, he was, it was respond, his response was responded to by saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. That is the truth. Now, we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our might, and we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, what about that love between husbands and wives? When we look at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, and this particular letter is called Ephesians, written to the church at Ephesus, He's instructing them in the fifth chapter about the marriage relationship and the love that husbands and wives ought to have for one another, the dedication, the devotion, the commitment. Now, what Paul, I think, is really the main focus of this particular context, beginning with verse 22 and going on down through verse 33, is the love that we as the church true Christians ought to have for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in response to his love for us in bringing us the gospel message of salvation and in being that perfect sacrifice, dying for us on that cross. But Paul uses an illustration that we can all relate to, the husband-wife relationship. And so he In verse 22, he tells wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, as to the Lord. Now, there's love there. We're to love our husbands, and the example being, as we love the Lord. In verse 28, he goes on and he addresses the husbands. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. And so, husbands, you love your wives as the Lord loves the church. So you don't beat on your wife. You don't treat her despitefully. You don't treat her disrespectfully, calling her all kinds of ugly names. You love her as the Lord loves the church. And wives, you love your husband as the Lord loves the church. So here we have three different directions that we are commanded within to exhibit love to our fellow Christians, to our husbands and wives, and actually four, 
to God and also to our neighbors, our fellow man. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus lays out an instruction that some of us might find difficult to just fully grasp upon first hearing and, and, and feel like, okay, I can accept that comfortably. Because Jesus says here in Matthew 10 and verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And so what's the implication of that? If you love anybody or anything more than me, you're not worthy of me. So we're commanded, we're instructed, we're taught to love our fellow Christians, our true brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to love God, certainly, as our heavenly Father, our Creator, created us in His image, Genesis 1 and verse 27. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Wives are to love their husbands as Christ loved the church. But if we love anybody or anything more than we love God, more than we love Jesus, our Lord and Savior, then Jesus says, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of me. Well, so we need to love God. We need to love him with all of our heart with all of our soul, with all of our might, with all of our strength, with all of our being. And if we love God with that depth of love, then we're going to find it a whole lot easier to love our true brothers and sisters in Christ, to love our neighbor as ourself, to love our husband, to love our wife because we're beginning with the love that we have for God in response to the love that he has exhibited already toward us and continues to exhibit in the blessings that he continually bestows upon us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much. Help us to love you more than anything in and of this world but to still exhibit the love that you want us to exhibit toward our brothers and sisters in Christ, toward our husbands and wives, toward our neighbors. Guide us in this, Father, and help us. Please, we pray. And guide us to glorify you in our lifestyle as your followers. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.